0: Hi, I'm Valerie Steele, Director and Chief Curator of the Museum at FIT, the most fashionable museum in New York City. Welcome to our Fashion Culture podcast series, featuring lectures and conversations about fashion. If you like what you hear, please share your thoughts on social media using the hashtag #FashionCulture. Misty Copeland, of course, needs no introduction, soloist with American Ballet, theater, um, just An absolutely amazing figure in the dance world. We're just incredibly grateful that you could be with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll mostly be talking with my questions about about ballet and ballet costume. But I know that people are also going to want to know about the whole issue of diversity and race in ballet. Mm -hmm. And we were talking before, you know, back in the green room about... Raven Wilkinson, who was a great African-American ballerina in the 1950s and all of the trials that she had dancing with the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo and, you know, having problems down south in the segregated south. And I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, break, breaking all these barriers and, and your, in your book, which you'll be signing later, about what it means to be an unlikely ballerina um i'm just so
1: fortunate that i i'm have been given a platform to have a voice um and to be able to share the stories of so many that have come before me so it's hard for me when people say oh you're the first and this is the first to, to do this and it's like well somewhat within the realm of American Ballet Theater, but there have been so many African-American ballerinas that have come before me, and Raven is one of those. Um, And the hardest thing for me within the classical ballet world is to not really feel like um, they're a part of the history, like they're not people that you can open up a book and find along with the rest of the ballerinas throughout history. Um, But when Raven entered my life, it kind of completely changed My point of view of how I saw myself and where I fit in with the uh, the classical ballet world, but as we were saying backstage, uh, backstage, sorry, (laughs) used to always being on stage, Um, that um, you know a lot of things still really haven't changed which is so special about the ballet culture is that we really try to keep the history and the tradition intact and not to let it change which i think is so special and it's rare to find that in any other art form the negative thing about that is that um when it comes to diversity it hasn't changed from you know the time of the 1950s we're kind of still in the same boat um which is so much a part of my mission
0: (laughs) yeah well and and You know, it's it's partly a question of being a woman of color in a world which is overwhelmingly white, and also you talked about you talked about how people said you were you know had the wrong body for ballet that you know it wasn't just a question of being black but you were petite and you were curvy and you were athletic and you were sort of not what people in power thought a ballerina was supposed to be. Right, Um, you know. I think that
1: along with um, the way the world changes and evolves, ballerinas aren't kind of stuck in this past like box, like we are human beings with the rest of the world. So we grow and evolve as well. Um, So, you know, when they say, oh, I'm unlikely and all of these things, I think a lot of that has to do with. The color of my skin, because I look around myself, even at American Ballet Theater, and I see girls who have busts and I and that have muscle, and I think that has a lot to do with the choreography that we do now. It's much
0: more physical and athletic, and with that, our body and our muscles change. Yes. Well, I know when when I worked on the show about uh, dance and fashion, uh, the the costume director for New York City Ballet talked about how he had to explain to fashion designers who were designing costumes that. The ballerina is not just an artist or some mythical sylph. She's an athlete. Yeah. (laughs) That's
1: so extremely important when it comes to our costumes, is that we have to, it has to be lightweight. We have to be able to move in it, but it still has to be theatrical and help to tell the story when we're out there performing.
0: Well, we've got a picture up here of you being fitted for the the headdress of (laughs) uh, Firebird. And I thought I'd open with a question, you know, when you think of classical ballet, how might... Um, fashion factor into the performance and how dis- dancers appear on stage. Yeah, this makes me so excited because yeah. I love fashion. <laughs>
1: um, it's such a vital part of what we do. Um, you know, we spend so much time in the studio and training, but when it comes down to it, we do all of this to go on stage and perform. And the costumes are just as much a part of that as all the work we put into it. It's helping to create the story. Um And sometimes it can be really difficult. Like with Firebird, you know, we spent so much time in our, just our leotard and our tights. And Alexei Ratmansky was creating this extremely physical work. And then you go in and you have a fitting and you're like, okay, this is okay. I'm in a unitard, I can Uh move in this still and then they put this massive tail on you and then <laughs> this headdress and all of a sudden you're limited in what you can do but as a professional you just kind of have to roll with the punches and um, and make it work. Tanya, I
0: think we we're having a little trouble getting our... Oh, there we go. So you can see There's a little bit tail. more. There's oh. the
1: tail. So I would do my turns and it would hit my partner in the face <laughs> And um, but we just had to make it work and it's kind of a part of... The costumes are a big part of it and you have to adjust with them.
0: How does it help you get into the role also. It's
1: just that. I mean, it really helps you get in the role. The makeup, the lights, the costumes, the sets, everything coming together really um, brings you to that place. And for me, that costume and the headdress and everything really made me start to feel like a creature which is what I was trying to create in the studio um which is hard when you don't have all these other things helping Mm -hmm. you I'd stare at myself in the mirror and I'd try to make really crazy things happen with my arms and my hands and then I put the costume on I was
0: like oh okay I'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) so um how, how are decisions made about costumes? You know, for, for example, choosing colors and cuts and looks. When you perform Firebird, for instance, there were pictures of you getting fitted like mm-hmm. for your headpiece. What was it like to work with a design team for the design and fitting of, say, the Firebird costume, which yeah. is such a famous and flamboyant one?
1: Um, for
0: the most part,
1: dancers are palettes. We're just kind of a blank canvas to be created on. And we have to be ready and prepared for that that a lot of the times it's not about us or our opinions. Um, And most of the time when it comes to costumes, we have no say. Alexi was really great about the Firebird. Um, it was all fitted and made for me. Oh, cool. um, and I got to contribute the interior of that costume because I've had so many issues with my bust and and making myself look right on stage and yes. and fit right. Um, so I actually created the interior of that, which is the big part of my dancewear line that is yet to come out but it's so it was really awesome misty studied at fit
0: i did take a class (laughs) a class i love it it's wonderful so you understand then how you can do the interior of this yeah and i was very happy that he allowed
1: me to kind of put my i mean even that was just on the inside but it definitely made a
0: difference on the uh, the appearance well because wendy whalen spoke at our symposium and she talked obliquely and politely about how there was one costume where she really hated it and and talked with a designer and could get no no leeway yeah I mean, he just sort that, of forced his design mm-hmm. down her throat that happens a lot where you're on stage and you're just in
1: something that you don't like and but it's 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 not our vision it's the choreographer it's the costume designers it's their vision and you just have to Make it look the best you can. Yeah. So,
0: usually the choreographer will choose the costume designer. I think the, yes. Well, and they will create together. And we've got another picture here, which obviously you weren't in flames, thank God, on stage. <laughs> That was a danger for the early ballerinas with their tulle skirts when they had gaslights on yeah, the stage. Yeah. And you wrote a book about Firebird too, which yes, is there. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's yeah. a children's book, right? It is a
1: children's book. It came out um, early September. And um, being chosen to do the role of Firebird was a really, really important part for me. And I think as an African-American woman um, having it been performed by so many ballerinas with dance theater of Harlem. Um, you know, when I picture the firebird, I actually, actually see a black woman in that role, which is very rare to like think of a ballerina and have that image, um, in your head. Um, but there was something that kind of happened during that time where I feel like I I saw a shift in the audience that was coming to support me Mm -hmm. um, in that part of performing the Firebird and it was a much more diverse audience Um, and it started to kind of you know push me to want to talk even more about how much we need to diversify the ballet world Um, and a lot of what I do is mentoring young dancers not just minority dancers, but just dancers in general and letting them know that support is such a big part of succeeding in this world. And so the book kind of is along the lines of telling the story of uh, loosely based around me and raven wilkinson's relationship and That's it's nice. an older dancer which is me in the book kind of guiding a young dancer who's having doubts and um, not knowing if she fits into this world and me letting her know like i'm here i did this i'm
0: supporting yes. you so it's a very positive book for yeah. children very cute very nice mm-hmm. well whoops i'm going to go back one oh. uh, can we get this one there all right swan Lake. Um, this, is, this is, of course, the, the classic role for the imperial Russian ballet that was um, kind of a, a high point for ballerinas. And I wonder if you could talk about you know, what it was like dancing this and to be Odette and Odile and about how this costume worked. And, and also, I think, too, about there are probably racial Aspects of this, too, because people think of Swan Lake is always in terms of, you know, sort of the great Russian ballerinas. Yeah,
1: Um, I never dreamed that in my career I would ever play Odette Odile. Um, And I think it's something that was just in my subconscious of what we're used to seeing. And I think that's why it's so important for young dancers to see someone who looks like them on the stage. Um they can feel that they can dream to be any of these characters. So when I was given the opportunity to perform this, it was kind of like, okay, take out all those images you have of what you think Odette is and you have to become her. Um and it definitely helped putting on that tutu yeah. um, and the and the headpiece and everything. Um and I actually thought I was going to connect more with the black swan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been easier for me um, with my dancing to kind of be the more aggressive and mm-hmm. sensual character. Um, but for some reason, I just really connected with um, Odile uh, more than anything. Uh-huh. Odile, being the, the, the good swan. one, the white swan. <laughs> um, and... It was a challenge for me as well, and I think that that's such a big part of us dancers. We want to be challenged. Yeah. We want to be pushed, and that role definitely did that for me. But, um, yes, putting on the costume just makes you feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm
0: a bird. I'm a yes, swan. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, and, and the, the sheer strangeness of the swans, the sort of the magical thing of the woman being turned into the swan, is such an evocative story.
1: Yes. It's such it is. a
0: tra- the whole thing is so tragic. Yeah.
1: Um and it, it yeah, I mean the different types of tutus and things that we wear definitely um they're there for a reason. Yeah. And um you know there will be classic tut- classical tutus that are, you know, very
0: rigid and yeah.
1: straight out like that and
0: yeah I um, mean this is a perfect imperial Russian right. tutu. And it kind of very just, short, very stiff. Yes. goes with Everything you were saying. Well, when I when I worked on the dance and fashion show, I had no idea that the black swan costume didn't go back to when when Petipa first did this with with Tchaikovsky. That in fact it was only invented in the late 1930s, mm-hmm. almost by accident. Yeah. So that was kind of. But as soon as it, it appeared, prior to that, uh, Odette wore red or green or mm-hmm. gold or multicolored dresses. Yeah, I mean, I guess
1: it makes sense since she's the black swan butter and black.
0: Yes, yeah, after once the idea came it was perfect. And then Copelia. Yes. Now tell us about this costume and this ballet. What that was like? Um again like I think just
1: the the way that the dress is made and the long skirt and it just makes you kind of go back in time and become a little girl, which is what she is. She's a young girl and she's a little immature and, um, the way she treats, uh, Franz, her Uh boyfriend that she ends up marrying. Um, but you know, just putting flowers in your hair and wearing that type of costume just makes you fall into that character. Um, so going on stage and putting these costumes on definitely like completes everything that we work for in the studio. Um, just being able to kind of like put it on and feel like, oh, I'm I am her now. Yes, yes. The
0: metamorphosis into the yeah, character. Yeah. Are there any particular favorite costumes that you have that you've worn?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I love fashion, so um, there's something about La Bayadere, the ballet. We'll have just, some
0: pictures of that too later. Oh, do, oh okay. okay. Tell, tell them a little bit about what you love about um, that.
1: Well, just everything about. In um, fact, maybe it's the next one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Voila. Yeah. <laughs> the golds yes. um, and there's another the part of Gamzadi and it's just very exotic and it's set in India and all of the colors that are used throughout the ballet are these very rich royal regal um, burgundies and golds and it almost reminds me of like Halston yeah um, the gold lame and in the first act I wear this really long luxurious um, kind of gown cape Thing and it's mm-hmm. all gold, and the headpieces are—they're that's I mean, definitely think, the, my favorite. Uh
0: oh, there's Le a this, a different one. Yeah, it's sort of Indian dancer costume. And that's
1: lequoise there. Yes, another fun one too. And you have to be in very good shape to put that piece <laughs> on. <laughs> but lebiaser, I think, is probably one of my favorite costumes. It just complement my skin color yes. and and everything really well.
0: Um, historically, of course, ballet costumes have evolved a lot. And I wonder, or or have they changed that much? What's what's your feeling? There seem to be a lot of things which are holdovers from past companies, even though they're tweaked by new designers. I think, for the most part, they're pretty much the same. Um, I think
1: that the newer, more like Alexi again, Alexi yes. Um he does extremely physical works, and then for some reason, he loves to throw us in these massive, like, ball gowns that you can't move in, so um, I guess in some way, maybe that's not something that has yeah. always been done, but that's it true. but it also feels very old to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's setting a new Sleeping Beauty right now. Oh, yeah. It's going to be all new costumes and choreography, and I hear Um, that Aurora is going to be in, like, a massive ball gown. That will be a little tricky to
0: dance in. Yeah. Um, Any other problems in particular or difficulties with particular dance costumes?
1: Um, For me, in the beginning of my career, being a part of the corps de ballet, Mm -hmm. you're not really given um, the opportunity to have things fitted for you. You're sharing costumes because there are several casts that go on um, or one night you're wearing one girl's costume the next night she's on so you're going to wear another girl's costume and for me um, i would not you know I didn't have the shape that a lot of the dancers had so it was really hard on my confidence and everything of course um, to go out there and feel like I didn't look beautiful or that the costume didn't fit right mm-hmm. um, and I just had to learn ways of you know Getting in good with the costume mistress, (laughs) so that she could like, please, can you just add a little sheer here or take it in there? But sometimes you just have to go on stage and just fake it till you make it. You know, pretend like, oh, okay, I look really good. But it's it's difficult, and I think it also took understanding what undergarments I needed to wear to work for me under costumes, which is why why I
0: created my dancewear line, right. Well, I know, again, Wendy Whalen talked about things that... That they put on to make sure that it wouldn't slip, slip up and things. Wendy is the
1: queen of the butt glue. That's what she talked <laughs> about. Yes. <laughs> she has passed that on to so many of us dancers at ABT, and it's such a great trick. And it holds your yeah. leotards I in place. I think that she got it from like a cheerleader's website. That's so brilliant. I ne- <laughs> in
0: all my research, I never
1: heard of that until she that, talked yeah. about it. And double stick tape is really good for just shoulders um, straps to keep them from sliding
0: off. But But the idea of, of especially being in the corps de ballet, wearing costumes that other other dancers wear, and sort of it's not exactly one size fits all, but it's not exactly custom made to you. Right. It's just kind of something
1: you have to go through as a corps de ballet member, and it kind of sucks. But
0: (laughs) you find your own ways of making it work. Well, you discovered classical ballet when you were 13. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what that discovery was like and and what, I mean, that's late for ballet, which is kind of amazing. It's just like a tiny little child really. Mm -hmm. But at first people were saying that that was too late to start. Most dancers, I guess, start when they're like four or five or something. Yeah,
1: or I'd say maybe around seven would be a good age um, to start. Um, For me, I just didn't really have the uh, access to classical ballet. I didn't know anything about it and really had no interest in it, because I knew nothing about yeah. it. Um, and when I was discovered at 13, I the goal was immediately for me to become a professional. Yeah. So it was an intense training period for four years. Um, It was just a very special thing for me. I'd never had anything that was mine throughout my childhood. One of six children, you know, just kind of getting by in my public school, like just surviving. So I never did anything that was for me or that made me feel good or strong or beautiful. And ballet definitely did that for me. And it brought me to this very serene place where I could just be a kid and I could dream and I could... um, Just, I don't know, it was like this safe little place for me, this like fantasy world that was
0: so beautiful and structured. Do you you have any memories of when you were starting out of any costumes that you wore and how they made you feel? (laughs) Um, The first tutu
1: that I had made for me was when I was 15 years old and it was Kitri and Don Quixote and it was just stunning and it fit me perfectly yeah. um, and I just remember feeling so beautiful in it and I uh, competed in my first competition in that 2 and I won and um, that was the first time ABT saw me yes. and then they um, invited me to train with them That's shooting
0: right to the top <laughs> <laughs> um, And What about leotards? I mean, the whole leotards, tights, ballet shoes. Do you have any memories of how you felt about those, the the other iconic uh, costume for ballerinas?
1: Um, It just seems like a second skin now, you know. Of course, there are trends and you Mm -hmm. find your things that are comfortable and your favorites. And the funniest thing to me is whenever I do like fashion shoots and they want to try and dress me, like a ballerita. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, I am one and I can just tell you what we wear. Um, and they tend to, um, you know, they want to put you, or they ask you like, well, why are you guys always in such holy things? Why do you look like homeless? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you go to a ballet studio, you see people sitting on the ground with like layers yes. on and it's comfortable and mm-hmm. it's stuff that we like. And, you know, we feel more comfortable in types that are worn or, yeah. Yeah. um, but yeah, to me, it's just about feeling comfortable yeah. and beautiful, and I like things that kind of cut lower on me that show my neck and, yes. and open my chest up and, um, and low-back leotards, but I'm pretty classic. Like I don't wear a lot of junk, as we say in the ballet world, like warm-ups and stuff. I stick to uh-huh. my pink tights and my little black skirt and,
0: um, and leotard every day. What about point shoes? <laughs> I mean, along with tutus, that's sort of the iconic thing. What are they like to wear... How do you how do you deal with them? I mean, it just looks so magical from the outside, yeah. and then also kind of scary too, because you sort of think, what are you doing to your feet?
1: Yeah, um, I think if you're if you're trained and you're working correctly and you're wearing shoes that are fitted for your feet, you're not hurting your feet. Um, mm-hmm. They may not look as pretty as someone who's never worn a pair of point shoes, but. Um, in the beginning it's a little scary and painful, which is why you train you start training at such a young age so mm-hmm. that you can build the strength and the calluses and, and to protect your feet so that it no longer hurts. Um, but it's not as bad as, as you see, like in Black Swan, where toenails <laughs> or you know, feet bleeding everywhere. That was um, fortunately just a horror film, <laughs> <not> documentary. <laughs> <laughs> but for us, point shoes again, it's you know, it's just it's like a part of us. It's a part of you, and it should it should appear that way. That yeah. It's an extension of your body. That it's not like this big shoe, this blocky thing on your foot. But every dancer wears a different brand depending on what works for them right? Um, and what works for their, the shape of their foot and the
0: strength of their foot, the flexibility. So I wear blocks. Right. <laughs> um, what about with some of the more kind of modernistic choreographers, the Twyla Tharps and Liam Scarlett? Do they have different sorts of costuming ideas for some of their ballets? Oh, yeah. Um, usually when it comes to the more
1: contemporary, they tend to want you like naked. (laughs) Yep. I've noticed that. Um, I don't know why. Um, I think maybe just to show the physicality of what we're doing and you can see the muscles and um, really see the movement rather than seeing a costume. Um, But that's kind of been my experience. Um, I have done a lot of Twyla's works that are old, older. Um, I just finished, we just finished our fall season at the Koch Theater um, and we were performing her Bach Partita mm-hmm. ballet, which created on ABT in 1983. Yeah. Um, so the costumes were not as bare, uh-huh. um, but kind of like a little dress. But a lot of the more contemporary stuff, you can
0: kind of move in more. Right. Now you love fashion, even outside of ballet. And do you think your love for fashion um, is how's that related to your love for and life as a ballet dancer?
1: Um, I think that I have an understanding um, of my body when it comes to fashion because of ballet. Uh, you understand the line of the body and what works and that we want to look longer and taller and especially me being five foot two, I'm constantly striving to look longer and taller. Um, but I think New York is what kind of opened me up to fashion and introduced me to it and, and made me fall in love with it. Um I think what made me take chances with my fashion was my time working with Prince. Mm-hmm. Tell um, about that. <clears throat> <laughs> um, when I started working with him, I think for the most part, my fashion was very class, classic and simple, um, nothing over the top, and... He would say, "Well, when you go out with me, you're not a ballerina; you're a rock star." And at first, I was like, "I don't know how I feel about that." Um, and I ended up wearing just these over-the-top, like Versace and um, Alexander McQueen, and um, and falling in love with this kind of yes. very like glamorous look. But when I stopped working with him, I under I understood like the balance of what I wanted. So mm-hmm. I, I I like to throw in edge yes, (laughs) with something more classic. Um, And so that's kind of where I'm at right now with my fashion.
0: (laughs) And tell them a little bit about the the line that you're working on.
1: Yes. um, I started my dancewear line M by Misty, I think it was five years ago. That's when I took the course here. Um, And we have incredible um, samples that have been made and we're still kind of waiting to get it out there and we're hoping that will happen in the next year but um, it's really built around the idea of inner support which doesn't really exist in dancewear Mm -hmm. Um, and anything more than a lining which is really not enough for someone who's got a larger chest than Mm -hmm. a bee Um, and also we will have a plus size line which will be like beautiful dancewear that's That's supportive because that doesn't really exist in the in the dance world, there might be one extra large, and it, it has no mining in it, and it's not either.
0: pretty. Yeah. yeah, I've got another picture here. Ah, here we go. I
1: want to talk about process. this.
0: This is um, quite fabulous.
1: Yeah, that's, that's another great ballet. Um, the costumes and, and the idea of that um, Indian exotic type of um, fashion, um, but that's the part of um, Golnar. And that's another great color that I love, and that kind of harem pants
0: and, um, yeah. I remember seeing seeing Nureyev dance in La Corsair yes. and leaping across, leaping across the With stage. his bare chest. Yes, oh yes, with the spotlight <laughs> following him around everywhere. Can you tell us about some of your upcoming roles, some of the other things you're working on now? Yes. Um... Our
1: Nutcracker season will open in about five weeks, I think it is, at BAM. Um, I will be premiering the role of Clara um, in three
0: shows. (laughs) We'll all be there for that.
1: Um, Which is very exciting. And then our um, spring season is at the Metropolitan Opera House for two months. Um, In May, we open. And I will premiere Juliet. (gasps) Um, and I'll have my New York debut of Odette O'Deal and so well. Oh, we're well.
0: all going to come to that. <laughs> Everyone will come to that.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's an exciting time, and I'm just trying to take it one moment at a time.
0: How many people saw your Under Armour yeah, video? Like four million or something? I don't that was know. just amazing. Yeah. How did that come about?
1: Um, My manager, Gilda,
0: that's how it came about. She's Uh incredible.
1: Um, You know, I think that for her, when she started working with me, it was important for her to kind of, when she started learning about all that we do as ballet dancers, that we are more than what a lot of people think of us as, that we deserve kind of the same recognition and acknowledgement and appreciation that these athletes get Um, so why not have a ballerina have a contract with you know a big sports apparel line Um, and they really I think took a chance um, bringing me on and not really knowing how the public was going to respond to it Um, the way that the commercial was made I think really highlights the physicality that a lot of people don't realize ballerinas have yeah. um, to have me not in a tutu to have me showing my muscles and seeing me jumping up close. And mm-hmm. I mean, and of course, along with the, the story, the story is very poignant um, that I think is important for me to share um, that you don't have to look the way, you know, most people think we should look just in general, You know, you're always put into a box with um, how we should be to be able to fit into certain careers. And it kind of just tells all of that. And it reached so many people. And I think a lot of people really understood it. So it's, it's pretty a cool. very very
0: powerful wonderful uh, video. Thank you. Um, I wonder. I'm going to throw it open in a second to questions, so we can raise the lights up a little. But I wonder, since you are going to sign books afterwards, and there'll be books for sale, if you could talk a little bit about the um, about your memoir. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been out for I don't know
1: six or seven seven months now, um, and it's it's. It was really um, therapeutic to write it. I wrote it with um, Sharice Jones, and it was during a period when I was recovering from surgery, so it was two years ago. I don't know if I would have the time now to sit down and write a memoir, Uh, but I had the time then. And it was also, I think, a critical time that um, I was very vulnerable, and I think it was easier for me to tap into kind of revisiting times that were tough for me in my past and understanding them and learning from them. And I think that was kind of the point of the book was to share that, you know, you don't have to come from money. You don't have to, again, fit into this mold to be a part of this incredibly beautiful art form that is ballet and how much I think it kind of saved my life and made me into the woman that I am today. Um, and the weird thing is that you write it, and you're like, oh, that felt so good to get it out. And then you meet people, and
0: they know everything about you. Yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah,
1: I did write that, and they're reading it.
0: That's kind of strange. But it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty inspiring story. Thank it really you. is. Now, I have a few questions here from the audience. Yeah. Maybe we can just turn the lights up a teeny-weeny bit, so it's not like we're getting the third degree here. Um, and I hope that you guys wrote neatly because if you didn't, I'm not going to be able to ask the question. All right. Um, How did it feel to perform Swan Lake in the ABT tour? Oh, gosh.
1: It's hard to describe. Um, I think it still doesn't feel like it happened. It feels like a dream. Again, I just never saw myself as performing that role ever. Um, And to be the first black woman to do it with American Ballet Theater um, was huge. Yeah um, to do it away from New York city was really comforting because New York can be really tough. Um, and it was in Australia and they're so friendly and so warm and, um, and the stage was small, so it felt very intimate. And I just felt the camaraderie from the company. Um, it was just a really great experience. I think the, tech rehearsal I had just landed from the the flight and the next day did the tech rehearsal so it was just I was a wreck but by the time the show came I felt so comfortable and just really like in the zone I can't wait to do it again
0: what would you tell your 15 year old self Uh, from the advanced (laughs) age of 32 or something
1: (laughs) breathe um it's it's okay to um Make mistakes. Don't stress out so much. Um, accept help and guidance from your peers and family and friends.
0: Ah, um, oh, here's another person asking the same <laughs> um, the same question. It's such a good one. Um, are you inspired by any other cultural movement forms? Hmm. Um, music
1: really inspires me. Music and fashion, food. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's something about cooking that is creative to me and it kind of like eases my mind when I'm stressed about something or I'm really tired and I don't want to think about what I have to do at work and my career. Mm -hmm. Um, and cooking is kind of like a nice outlet for that.
0: (laughs) Uh, how did you come to work with Prince?
1: Um, you know, I really don't even know. How it happened, (laughs) I've asked him before, and he wasn't very clear about it. Um, uh, He was living in L.A. when I grew up there, and so I'm assuming that he knew who I was just from being in the papers and talking about my dancing. And um, I had just been promoted to soloist with ABT, and I got a call from someone um, saying that he wanted my cell phone number and I was really confused by that Uh (laughs) Um, and then I said okay and then we talked and he said oh I think you're an incredible artist and I'd love for you to be in a music video of mine and then from there I ended up touring with him and he ended up creating his Welcome to America tour around me. That's pretty
0: awesome. Um, Is there a role you'd like to play that you haven't danced yet? Giselle. Ah. That's great. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> that will be. That's another sort of really amazing, that romantic ballet role. So poetic and so fly. Yeah, there's so much to it. Um, it's so physically demanding
1: um, as is Swan Lake, but to be able to get to that place for that character is going to be fun. <laughs> that will be wonderful. We'll
0: look forward to that one. Thank that is another you. really, really wonderful. Did you ever want to give up dancing? What kept you going?
1: Yes, I did. Um, I think it was at the beginning of my career with American Ballet Theater and um, just feeling like I didn't belong and didn't fit in. And probably a lot of it was in my own head that, I just, that people didn't want me there. I mean, I think it's hard when you're um, a teenager and you become a professional and you're on your own and you move to this foreign city that you've you know and you're by yourself and and I was surrounded you know in a company of 80 dancers and I was the only black woman for mm-hmm. 10 years so it was a really um lonely time and I considered going to dance the of Harlem mm-hmm. I considered um quitting uh and I think it was around that time that I learned about Raven Wilkinson and I had other really incredible women that came into my life and kind of said you were meant to do this like yeah. keep
0: going well, you talked in, in one of your interviews about how you realized there was a whole alternative history of ballet that yeah. actually had many women of color and men of color who yeah. were acknowledged in the, major fast, in the major histories of ballet. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm, I'm discovering more and more every day. Um, Frances Davis, I think is her name. I don't know. She was married to Miles Davis and she it's just crazy to learn about these things that, you know, you can't really find. And it's like I want to be able to have some kind of um, base and form for us to learn about African-Americans in the classical ballet world in and kind of in one place, like put it in one place so that like we know they exist. But Frances, I guess she was the first African-American woman to perform with the Paris Opera Ballet. And she Very did one cool. show, and I never knew about this. Yeah. And
0: it's like, this is crazy. We have to tell these stories. Yeah. Well, on, I mean, in some respects, I think Europe was less racist than the U.S. I mean, the, there were a number of dancers who went over to the, the Dutch National Maybe Ballet, for did example. That. Yes, yeah. And, and even difference. recently. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. <sighs> um, as a dance instructor... Are there things that I should train my black students for while pursuing dance? How can I sensitively prepare them for possible racism in the field of dance? Hmm.
1: Um, I think that it's the worst thing is to kind of single them out. I think that we want to feel like we're just another dancer. Um, And I think, you know, I hear from a lot of the dancers that I talk to or that I mentor, and they're, You know, if they might have a bigger butt, they're told to tuck more and then it builds an even bigger butt muscle on top of it. So I think it's just about understanding that we all do the same technique. It doesn't change because you have a different body type. And I think if you're working correctly and doing the proper cross training, that you can train your muscles and develop your muscles to work for classical ballet. Mm -hmm. I think it's just about motivating them and and letting them know that um, with the right support, um, they can exist in any company.
0: Um, do you cross-train outside of dance? And if you do, what do you think helps support your dance technique?
1: Um, ballet. <laughs> like,
0: there really is no, no other way.
1: Like, class, It like, gets structured in such an incredible and beautiful way that like it takes care of everything. But I do um, I do, do Pilates mat classes. I do private gyrotonics classes classes um I swim I run on
0: the elliptical machine occasionally that's all like you know depending right. on my schedule well you'd had that you'd, you've had a couple of really sort of devastating operations and yeah. titanium in your leg I remember reading that said you you did a kind of exercise on the ground almost like floor down. bar that's right floor yes. bar
1: um you know I I think a lot of dancers we think of floor bar and we're like Ugh like it's a joke. Um, and I have taken those floor bar classes where you're like, really? Like, what am I doing here? Uh But I found this incredible woman, um, who completely reassessed my technique and changed my, my just way of thinking about dance. And, um, when I was recovering from my surgery, I was doing floor bar and I didn't, I think I was back on the stage about eight months after my surgery. Um, and it's just a great feeling to have your director say you you're a better dancer than when you left mm-hmm. and I
0: think that has a lot to do with the floor bar that I was doing um a couple people asking about can you talk about your favorite ballet and how you prepare for it um my favorite ballet I think is Giselle just
1: overall like no matter what part I'm yes. portraying. Um, I feel so beautiful in it, yeah. um, no matter if I'm just a willy in the corps de ballet or um, one of the demi-soloists in the corps de ballet or doing peasant pas de deux, There's just something that feels so organic about the movement and, and the music um, connecting to one another. But I think as a corps de ballet member, Giselle was the most pleasant to perform where it wasn't so painful that you just wanted to kill yourself
0: uh-huh. or
1: walk <laughs> off the stage and get fired, um, that you felt pretty. And yeah. and
0: yeah. Have you ever heard any of the male dancers talk about how they feel about their costumes?
1: Um, I guess so. I think that some of the, um, I don't even know what they're called what Are they called <laughs> their, <gasps>
0: tops yeah and they can
1: be really restric- restricting yes. where like they're trying to lift the girl and it's like you can't lift your arms I think most of the time oh also they're like dance boots if they have to wear those mm-hmm. and they're really stiff and you can't like point your foot and they come up really high and you know um, but for the most part I think they just complain about their dance belts
0: oh <laughs> the belt is uncomfortable <laughs> and weirdly, like a mini corset <laughs> <laughs> here's Q. would you ever consider opening your own school for dance students
1: I've never thought of doing something a little like
0: early that. for that
1: yeah I um I know I want to stay connected and involved with classical ballet forever I just don't know if I will have a school I don't know if I see that for myself
0: um oh well just here the do you ever have doubts about yourself and whether you're going to succeed? You know, how do you keep your, yourself going through all the ups and downs, injuries, feeling lonely, etc.?
1: Yeah, it's hard. I
0: mean, as people, we all have our
1: doubts and our days of being, you know, feeling down. Or, um, And especially dancers, are so hard on ourselves, um, which I think is how you succeed in such a difficult yeah. um, career. Uh, But again, it's about surrounding yourself with people who are going to be there when you have those moments. Um, But of course, I have them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you.